Your attention, please. Please. Listening to the AMPM podcast may cause recurring revenue strain and unfair unfair advantages over your competitors. Other side effects may include better wallets, fired bosses, and longer vacations. Listen at your own risk. Here's your host, seven-figure entrepreneur and online marketing madman, Manny Coates. Manny Coates. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates, and I will be your host. And this is the show where we discuss all things Amazon private label and how to generate recurring revenue streams 24 hours per day during the AM and the PM, hence the name of the show. Get it? AMPM podcast. As a matter of fact, I recently got a chance to view some amazing artwork on display. And while I was checking out these exquisite pieces, I was making money. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hey guys, I am here with John Zhu. John is a seven figure per year seller that has been selling his private label bags and backpacks online for more than six years. While he's currently located in Guangzhou, he branches out to over 15 different retail platforms that include but are not limited to, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Amazon Global Sites, Walmart, Jet, Best Buy, Price Minister, Trade Me. Is that right so far, John? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Trade awesome. Me, yes. From New Zealand. Trade Me from New Zealand, okay. Mm -hmm. And you credit your success to your implementation of tactics and strategies that specifically create sales for your products. And we're going to be talking about some of those. But besides killing mm -hmm. it on Amazon, John, you and your team, you're trying to expand into even more online marketplaces than you, you're currently in now. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, uh, of course. Awesome. Well, yep. welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah. yeah. So where did we meet? Why don't you tell people how we actually know each other? Well, my name is John Z. I am uh, located in Guangzhou and uh, I've been selling my own brands, bags and backpacks for more than six years. And uh, it, it is also exactly the same time that I enter into the e-commerce business. And at the first, first beginning, I, I don't know um, how to get into it. it I just accidentally uh, uh, get to know a factory uh, who built, who manufactures of handbags and backpacks, and then oh whoa, and then we cooperate together, and uh, I created my own brand to start to start to start over, and during the past few years, and uh, I developed, I used Channel Advisor for uh, developing uh, my sales channel. Uh, yeah, the the platform you talked about, like Walmart and Jet, Newegg, uh, Best Buy, something like that. Uh, um, in China, uh, not not so many uh, sellers can do uh, can enter into these so many platforms uh, like me at, at the moment. So it's mm, it's been uh, uh, six years to, uh, already gone, and uh, right now we have uh, gained like seven figure sales annually in the past uh, few years, um, and we're trying to expand to more platforms. Uh, around the globe, such as Mercado Libri uh, in in Brazil, in Mexico, mm. yeah, something like that. That's yes. impressive. So where, yeah. where are your monthly sales right now, volume-wise? Um, around like, um, let me let me try to pull up the, I don't know how to uh, say the figures, like four, no, 40, 416,000, uh, yeah, maybe. Four hundred and fifteen thousand US dollars per month, me. Four hundred fifteen thousand US. Uh, okay, that's awesome. Yeah. And where would you say, after all expenses, your advertising, refunds, everything? Where's where's your net typically end up being? Where do you like to see it? Um, it's around like 
20 to 25 percent. Okay. Uh, right. for net. Yeah. Right, that's great. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and how many ASINs make up this whole portfolio? It's around like 250 SKUs, uh, including child SKUs. Okay, so and that number, what percentage of that 400 plus K per month would you say is, how does that break down for Amazon versus everything else? Um, it's around like um, 70%. 70% on 70%, Amazon? Yeah. Yes. Okay, wow. Okay, so if somebody's just starting out, if they're listening to this, focus on Amazon initially and then expand mm-hmm. out to, to the other markets. Is that what you would recommend? Uh, um, at, the first, at the very first one to two years, I don't recommend to do this like this way, but uh, you got to focus on Amazon first because um, other platforms, you don't expect uh, much sales at the first beginning. Yeah. So I don't recommend that. Okay. All right. What were you doing before you got in Amazon? You said six years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have been, uh, I've been doing a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> I helped, I helped like, like uh, UKO2 and uh, Vodafone network pro- companies to OEM products to uh, help them private label products to get promotional gifts such as uh, toys, plush toys, pens, guitars, something like that. Okay. And after that, I uh, got a job to do the international purchaser of the frozen food. And it just lasted a lot around like one to two years. Okay. Yeah. All right. How many and hours? I, mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I also uh, I have also done the import business, uh, such as the import the baby milk powder from German uh, from Germany from uh, European countries to to China. Okay. Yeah, you know that product is very hot in China uh, three to four five years ago. Baby powder yeah. formula. Yeah. Okay. Formula. Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Are you the only person in your company right now working on this, or do you have a team? Uh, yeah, I have a team around like uh, 30 people and 30. I hired some uh, several VAs in Philippines and other countries okay. um, for France. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. And um, how many hours would you say you work uh, on a given day? Um, I, I, work, <laughs> I work almost like <laughs> it's, it's not normal hours. It's, um, well, how many is that? Of course. How many, like, how many uh, per week would you say? The average person works 40 hours per week. Where, where are you at? I've... I've never calculated because I, I, I work I work in daylight. Uh, I also I also work in nightlife. Okay. Uh, like <laughs> it's more than maybe more than fourteen or fourteen hours. All right, so I you're think. hustling. You're just grinding it out and, and uh, yeah. building this thing up. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, you've got a company that's sounds like you're paced to do well over five million for the year, right? So yeah. Four hundred thousand a month. So, how much money did you start this business with, by the way, roughly? Well, that's interesting because uh, when we used to enter into the Amazon business, uh, I am the first batch, uh, one of the first batch of the official Chinese sellers uh, in 2012. And no matter what products that we throw into the Amazon, it sells. So um, I just put like um, three thousand dollars. To do this, and I've never get uh, put any money into it. Wow, three thousand uh, dollars. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing. So, so you started, I started with, with sixteen SKUs. <laughs> so you had three thousand dollars to start sixteen SKUs. Yes, and uh, I just sent uh, the, for the first FBA orders, uh, FBA uh, stock uh, like uh, forty-five pieces, forty-five units per SKU to FBA, and and this must start. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. All right. So you've got your VAs, you've got a bunch of people. How, how many, how many people are in your, like your office where you work right now? Um, around like 25. 25. And what kind of jobs do, do you employ 25 people to um, do? Mostly they are sales, sales, uh, the sales and, uh, 
uh, for the photographers and the uh, the art uh, the the art uh, the art designers. Okay. Uh, for uh, Photoshop photos and combined photos, and some other are uh, the social media uh, team. They uh, manage the Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram, something like that. Okay. All right. How much of your success would you say comes from the whole social media side of things versus just being on a list, being on Amazon, for example, and advertising there? Mm-hmm. We just um, simply using uh, Facebook ads and um, in, uh, Pinterest ads, okay. and as well as the um, um, call for some uh, influencers to uh, co op with the inv- events and uh, activities, something like that. Okay. Do you have an issue? Um, I've always wondered with backpacks and, and that kind of stuff. I notice if I do a search for, for backpacks on Amazon, you know, there's a, a million options. How, how do you stay competitive and keep your profits at a certain level when you? It seems like, I mean, is competition not crazy, crazy yeah, hard in driving that price down? Yeah. Of course. Uh, since 2015, you know, uh, 15 is a very, very important year uh, for, for all of the Amazon sellers. A lot of Chinese sellers enter into the Amazon marketplaces. And, of course, at the bags category, I got some a lot of uh, competitors. And the competitors, I know I know them all. And we just, uh, they just... Um, um, send a lot of free samples free gift to uh, the reviewers for exchange of reviews and they don't calculate the profits and they just um, get more and more reviews and the margin of course the competitor com- competition is very uh, strict and uh, the margin is going down a lot since 2015 and after 2015 uh, we started to use the sponsored product ads and the EMS headline search ads to uh, to do the to do the ads. And before 2015, we didn't we'd never done any uh, advertisement to any platform, any like Google or Facebook. But in, after 2015, we started to use Facebook ads. Uh, but in, in 2016, Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. And um, speaking of the uh, the competition. Um, since a lot of uh, competitors come into the Amazon, um, of course, the uh, margin we uh, already uh, getting lower and lower, and uh, we spend so much money uh, on advertising and with the influencers co-op. So um, it's impossible for us to maintain the uh, the margin that level. So it's 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 a reality. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it gets uh, it can get tough in certain markets for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We decided to jump on a podcast initially because you kind of broke some news to our group. Where was that? Was that in our FBA? Which group was that in? Yeah, Illuminati Illuminati? Mastermind Training. Yes, I'm your member. (laughs) Okay. I'm trying to remember if it was in the FBA High Rollers or in the Illuminati Mastermind um, private Facebook group. Okay, cool. So you were in there and you said, hey, guys, look, um, Mm -hmm. there's going to be some issues for a lot of you. Um, ordering from China because there's some EPA things going around that are shutting factories down. And I had never heard of this. Um, and I mm-hmm. said, you got to come on and talk to people because they might not know and it could affect their whole Q4 sales process, right? Mm-hmm. You want to yeah, talk maybe, about that? Like, what does... Mm-hmm. Of course. Well, actually, uh, um, there's, a, there's a big meeting in China. It's a, it's a government it's kind of a government meeting. It's called the 19th session of National Congress of the Communist Party of China. It's uh, the the meeting holds every five years, and this year is it. Uh, it will probably starts from October to November, and it's important uh, to Chinese people. It's important in China uh, during the meeting. So um, there is the uh, 
There is a department called EPA. It stands for Environmental Protection Administration. Um, the department, there is one EPA in every city around the country, and it's basically in responsible for the uh, for making the city clean, making the city out of pollution problem. And EPA has the power to examine restaurants' cleanliness, and it can also examine factories. So, such as if the factories have released any toxic air or water, and in the meantime, it's not 100% factories that are running uh, in manufacturing process according to the standard laws. So there's a high chance the factories can get caught by EPA um, for whatever reason, that's not, uh, that they are not doing not enough to protect the environment. It's uh, very important. Of course, they will get noticed by the EPAs um, during and uh, before the uh, the meeting starts, uh, and it's uh, it's very important right now. Um, so I think I recommend that, that uh, you guys would talk to the factories so how to prevent that, how to, to uh, prevent the postpone the manufacturing process. Okay, how long can a company be shut down for during this this um, checking? No, no, there there is no estimates. Um, it, it's because of the um, during the meeting, the local governments actually don't want to expose any pollution problems in the in their jurisdictions. Mm -hmm. So local EPAs are launching enforcement for surprise inspection to the factories. Sometimes factories get noticed before inspection, but sometimes it does not. And if they get caught, sorry, and the factories need to be shut down after that, and the factory will be blacklisted okay. by the government. So. Um, and how many how many factories are are affected? Is this everybody, or is it certain cities? No, it's not. It's it's not uh, estimated. It's a lot of. It's a wide, a China wide, uh, China wide uh, problem. Uh, you gotta you gotta stick to the back to a factory to talk about it. Okay. Uh, uh, before before October. And it's just random. Uh, it's just a random choice. It's not random. It's okay. not random. It's not random. And uh, because EPA, uh, EPA has the power to examine the factories, and they they don't want. They don't want uh, there's any pollution problems during the meeting, so okay. they will be ha launching a very strict enforcement for that. So, will every factory be be checked then, essentially? Um, no? They will be get noticed, of okay. course. And if if someone just report the factory, and the EPAs will would do uh, the inspection uh, without any notice mm -hmm. before they come in. So it's kind of high risk for the factories. Uh, during the meeting, they, they, they open the factory, they, they mm -hmm. keep on manufacturing products because not 100% the factories, they, 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 uh, they, they manufacture products mm -hmm. according to standard laws or, or in any standards. So all of, uh, all of the factories, they have some minor problems, bigger problems. So they gotta be very keep an eye on the meeting during the during the uh, November and October to November. Yeah. Okay, so after November it's finished. It's just October and November. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, we were just talking to a factory mm -hmm. last week, and they said that they were going to be shut down, or that they were not going to be doing anything for two days. I think because mm -hmm. of some inspections. I assume that was yeah. because of because of this. Yes. Yeah. Maybe I think uh, actually. Uh, Different EPAs in different cities, they have different policies, they have different powers, and they will, um, they will do some actions or not do any actions uh, based on their, uh, on their ideas, opinions mm -hmm. uh, to the 
uh, China's central government's uh, notice on meetings because so how, it's kind of weird. How can this affect? <laughs> how can this affect somebody who who's here in the U.S. for example and is importing? Give us some examples of how it it can affect the manufacturing process. Uh-huh. Well, I'm not sure if you heard about like um, in the last no last September to November, um, there were um, the boxes, cartons, and papers. These kind of packaging stuff, the pricing has been increasing like two to three times, yes. maybe four times. You heard about it, mm-hmm. but you never know what 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 the problem is. The problem is, um, it's it traces back to the original um, original core. Uh, uh, raw materials factories such as coal, stainless steel, uh, oil, and something like the raw material factories. These factories got inspected by the EPAs, and after that, uh, maybe some factories. Of course, they have a very high risk of uh, manufacturing because uh, they don't actually they don't um, um, manufacture the product, manufacture the raw raw material raw materials uh, based on the standard laws. So. Once the EPAs comes in and they will, of course, suspend, they got maybe got suspended or they got, they stopped manufacturing during the time. So um, after these raw material factories uh, got uh, stopped or suspended, they will indirectly affect merchandise, merchandise manufacturing factories, mm. uh, like bags, uh, Cups and something like uh, consumer products factories. Right. They will indirectly affect. So that's why um, these EPAs guys will uh, affect not only your US, uh, U.S. sellers but also the Chinese sellers, of course, around the Chinese uh, uh, around Chinese sellers. Uh, they will affect like uh, affect our packaging, um, boxes, cartons, pricing increase. This is a, this is a major impact. Okay. Yeah, it sounds serious, and it could really affect people, especially going into Q4, because a lot of people have never heard of this, because it happens every five years, right? Is that what it is right yeah, now? Because, five years. Yeah, every five years. Yeah. So if but you were you, you, there, but there, there's some other uh, major activities. Major, like uh, there's a major show. Uh, it it is on uh, March 15th. Mm-hmm. It is called World Consumer Right Consumer uh, Consumer Rights Day. World Consumer Rights Day, mm. and um, during the in March, during the March, the whole March, um, the China Television, uh, the China government's television broadcasting company, the CCTV, and and it will uh, it will hold a, a show that expose uh, re- uh, consumers consumers complaints, and as well as the uh, factories pollution problem, and during the, the that month. A lot of factories got feared about that. They 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 are feared about EPA's inspection, and they feared about uh, the consumers' complaints about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, they're afraid of getting beyond a TV show because mm-hmm. the Chinese television show TCCTV covers the whole Chinese mm-hmm. uh, audience. So mm-hmm. it's it's a great impact. Okay, so here here's a serious question for me. Then, if I'm dealing with new suppliers, which I am, I'm I'm reaching out to actually several new suppliers for for Q4. Some of them are already well into production, but if somebody's listening to this or watching this, and they say, "Hey, look, I've just paid you know a large sum of money. Let's say I sent you know ten thousand or fifty thousand dollars, whatever it is, to my supplier. If the supplier gets hit with by by one of these EPA inspections and something bad happens, could their money be lost? Could it be locked up? I mean, what are your thoughts there? 
I think it's a very high risk for 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 this kind of situation happened, um, because there's no there's no insurance, of course, for you, and that there is, of course, there's no insurance for the factories, mm. and and it's kind of be a great impact. Would trade assurance uh, work on Alibaba if someone's using that? No, no, no. That won't help you. No, no, no. We didn't use that. Oh, you guys didn't use that. Okay. I'm wondering, uh -huh. I'm wondering, because I've, I've always kind of preached, hey, your first time uh -huh. using up factory, if you're getting them through Alibaba, then, then uh, use trade assurance because it's kind of like okay. a buffer. But I don't know how that uh -huh. works. If the factory just gets shut down, there's nothing you can mm -hmm. do, right? Can, mm -hmm. they, can they shut them down permanently? Or is it usually something they can just fix? Um, sometimes they will be fixed because they have the relationship. Maybe the factories uh, owners they have uh, our relationship with the, the, the with the government or with the EPA, mm -hmm. and they will uh, use way methods, so some kind of methods to uh, get things fixed. Okay. But some of them will be shut down permanently. But of course, um, A factories shut down. Maybe two B factories were going growing up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Any final words on that? Because otherwise I have a bunch of other questions I want to get to. Yeah, I think that's it. Perfect. All right. Cool. Well, I was mentioning Alibaba and I don't know how much you know about the various different sourcing places because you, you focus on just bags, but any suggestions if somebody is, wants, especially if you're from the U.S., they want to go out and start sourcing and looking for companies. Do you recommend Alibaba or something else? Anything you would recommend there? Well, actually, I uh, recommend that you come over to China and uh, see a lot of marketplaces and uh, see the direct factories directly. Um, because uh, when you talk to the Alibaba or once uh, 1688, um, you just don't talk to the person that they sell. They sell the products. They are the the uh, maybe uh, not a senior manager or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, you gotta you gotta you gotta get their uh, senior manager or content information to talk directly with them um, to get a better price maybe. And uh, I think it's a better problem. It's a better option for, for you to uh, negotiate with the, pro uh, with the factories. Okay. So come out for like a fair, like the Canton fair or something like that? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And there's a lot of uh, fairs around in China, not only the Canton fair. Yeah. Okay. Which other one would you recommend? Canton fair and what would be a second one? And... Um, there's a show that in hold in Shenzhen city, mm -hmm. and it's a promotional gift. It has like um, three to four times three to four times a year, and it's all about promotional gifts or daily use products. Okay. Do you yeah, remember the name of large. it? Um, I got I got to check out. I got to check no out. No worries. I I, <laughs> I don't I don't know the English name. <laughs> I'm put, oh, okay, okay, got you. I'm putting you on okay. the spot, but um, okay, mm -hmm. cool. So if somebody comes out there, let's talk about culture a little bit. Is it would you say it's important for when you visit them and let's say you go to the Canton Fair and you're talking to them to maybe try to go to dinner with them or have drinks with them? Or here, here in the U.S., you know, a lot of deals are made over a social cocktails and dinner and stuff. How does that work over there? It works very well. And I, I must say, and um, after, the, after the fair or maybe after the show, uh, you can just invite them to uh, have, a, have a bear or have a KTV, a karaoke, something like that. And uh, you can simply just um, talk, with the, talk with them. And, uh, nice. Karaoke. Widely huh? open. Uh, yeah. Really? Widely open. So you can <laughs> talk with them widely open. No problem. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, cool. That's a great tip. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yes, that is a fantastic tip. Okay, so we're talking about suppliers. 
most of the people I know have terms that are 30% deposit initially to get things going, then 70% when they finish before they actually ship it out to, to here to the U.S. I understand you've got much better terms. You've, you've negotiated some long-term type payment strategies with your suppliers. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, of course. Um, because we've been located in China and uh, we live in uh, not far as far as you, your U.S. sellers as you are. And... Um, <clears throat> We can uh, uh, we cooperated with them um, for long term. That's the that's the number one. And number two is um, we we don't usually you we don't usually change other factories uh, for for helping us to manufacture product. So um, as 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 long as you cooperating with them uh, long enough, and you can just start to uh, negotiate with them. Yeah, hey, you can. Uh, can I have uh, just a little bit, maybe thirty days payment terms once I get the products get into the uh, get the price get the products uh, shipped to the United States, and after thirty days, and maybe like uh, half years, half a year later, when a, a year later, and you can start uh, restart the negotiation. Hey, I can I get a longer uh, payment terms such as one and a half months, mm-hmm. two months because of it because the because our business is growing very large and we we use the sea shipping for the shipment and sea shipment is like uh, um, 40, 40 days 45 days it's a, it's a long it's a long run so could I have a longer payment terms about that usually uh, like in China in China in China um, we usually can get like two months for the payment terms um, so I recommend you if you could, if you could you can set up a, an office in China to yeah let a representative to talk with them yeah and I'm a Chinese Chinese company and uh, maybe I can get a longer payment terms do you think it's more important or I shouldn't say more important is it easier for an American company to actually set up something there in China to negotiate that or is can you still negotiate it from here just as easily uh, I I, I, I've never had that experience of that if you, uh, you live in USA. Mm. So I, I still recommend that you uh, set up a company like may, maybe or just um, an office in China and uh, let a representative to uh, negotiate with them. Where would somebody here who knows nothing about that particular city, let's say, hire a representative that, will, that can represent their company to negotiate that? Um, I think it's... That's not my expertise because uh, we just <laughs> we just uh, sell our own brand specs uh, yeah. products. Okay. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta find some 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 agency that's doing like that. Okay, and, and I know I'm asking the hard questions. I think that's what people like the podcast about is that like you know you ask these questions. So let's go back a little bit. You said mm-hmm. after some time, you know, you said after six months you can negotiate even better terms. But how long do you think is the minimum amount of time before you can go from let's say the standard thirty seventy to saying hey we would like to have terms where we pay 30 days after it arrives to port mm-hmm. how long a year or lo- less a more? year yes a year is recommended a year or two years yeah yeah just um just because you you're cooperating with them uh, long enough so you can talk with them uh one one year later two okay. year later what yes. if you ask them what if you ask your supplier and they say no sorry i we we're not set up to do that and you know they're well, a pretty decent size what would you no, do then? no no usually they will accept that because he knows we can sell the products. We can we we order his products regularly, mm-hmm. and he knows we are a good partner. So he usually don't uh, doesn't exe- uh, reject the, uh, reject the proposal. Okay. Yeah. So what what 
are the terms that you actually negotiate? If how much, what percentage of the order are you actually getting the later terms on? Is it seventy percent? A hundred percent. A hundred. Okay, so you pay zero percent up front. <laughs> no, yeah, wow. I, I don't pay. I don't up front. I don't pay up front. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Because we have been cooperating a long time, yeah, long time yeah. enough. Yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. so you're now okay. This and this is. We're going to just say this is not normal, guys, for a lot of people. But you can go to them and say, hey, I want to order $100,000 worth of product. You don't pay anything down. You pay everything 60 or 90 days after it arrives to Amazon or wherever it's going. Is that right? Well, but do you have to let them uh, feel you are his major client? Okay. Yes, you you got you got uh, large orders, mm-hmm. and you you know his order. He, you know his uh, manufacturing uh, power. How 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 many how many quantities that he can they produce, and how many you order? Okay. You can compare with these and um, uh, leverage with these. Got it. Okay. So let me ask you this then. So if you have two companies, right? Company A and company B and company A is huge, right? And company B mm-hmm. does almost the same products, but they're much smaller. It Would it be better to be a client here in company B so that you're, you're one of their bigger clients so that you have that negotiating power? Yes, of course. <laughs> okay. Of I course. just want to make sure because I've had yeah. a scenario where I'm doing, you know, I'll, I'll order, we order 40 foot containers, you know, and it'll be a hundred and fifty thousand dollar order let's say for a product but but we're very small compared to mm-hmm. everybody else in that company you know in that particular company so it depends ne- on the category when yeah. you're, what category you're in right so this yes. company you know has a lot of i mean they do millions and millions of dollars probably every every week mm-hmm. but okay so you it, it's trying it's, it's better to be that big fish in a small pond kind of mentality with this so okay so you're at zero percent but what do you think and maybe you're not the right person to ask since you're there in china and you've you been you're you're with one factory and one product but you think it's is it reasonable to say that you can have 30 percent down and then that other 70 percent with net 60 day terms net 60 after it arrives to port in the u.s after one year business with them is that pretty reasonable it's it's very reasonable yes and uh, you can do it like a letter of credit for 60 60 days uh, 60 days net Mm -hmm. of course it's 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 workable and uh, it depends on how you negotiate with them it's it's totally workable okay all right cool one of the things i want to talk to you about and this is a big one especially with you since you're in over a dozen different platforms is Mm -hmm. building a brand and creating Mm -hmm. this very powerful brand which we've talked about you know it's, it's super important but how does somebody go about building a brand without completely destroying, you know, like going way over their budget. How do you do it on a, on a low-end budget? Well, um, at the first, big, first beginning, I just simply thought um, your brand, my brand, mm-hmm. um, can, uh, my brand can be recognized by Google. And uh, Google, uh, once I type my, Google, my brand name on Google, and uh, Google will uh, show how many results that, show my brand name uh, in these kind of links and at the first first beginning um, I started to sell on Amazon it's because it's not because of we can I, I thought I couldn't get any money of uh, any profit on, on Amazon platform because the first impression the first intention that I got uh, selling on Amazon is I can uh, list my products on Amazon and Amazon is friendly to Google Google index Amazon's listing very well, and on the other on the other hand, um, Amazon have a program called affiliate programs, and Amazon can recruit a, a large variety of um, bloggers, influencers, and um, website owners. They can uh, they 
these affiliate affiliators they listed my products to their website to their blogs and to their maybe to their uh, YouTube videos something like that and they get the they get the uh, rebate they get a commission and based on this uh, theory I started selling on Amazon but after that I uh, of course I it generates it generates profits of course it's no problem and after that, uh, as time goes by, I started to expand to more platforms such as these, uh, like uh, Walmart, Jet, Newegg, something like these platforms. Um, these kind of platforms, they are very huge. They are very large platforms, websites in, the, in their countries. Google just uh, Google is very uh, friendly to these websites. Google will index the uh, index the listings, the web web pages to these websites. Based on these web, uh, theory, I of course I started to sell on these platforms, and as time goes by, like three, four, five years later, Google will just totally index my products, totally index my brand name, mm-hmm. and after that, I started to. Um, sell on Shopify website, I create my own website and I just simply just type my uh, brand name on that and um, set my keyword set at the setup and Google just um, simply um, index my uh, main keywords to page one and page two without doing anything, without doing any advertisement. Um, this is my experience Okay, so about that's, the brand building. Yeah. yeah, and that's awesome. So, so basically by going on all these different platforms, Mm-hmm. Let's say you're on 10 different platforms. You're getting mm-hmm. indexed for all of those on Google for backpacks yeah. or whatever it is that you're going after, the key term. So they don't even need to know your brand specifically. You're just going to start mm-hmm. showing up for those searches. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And so you don't need a lot of money to do this. You just got to get on that platform. Is that right? Of course. Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. That's a good, that's a good idea. But time I, is your money. Time is money, of course. You got yeah. to yeah, leave them for a long time. I and know. Google will just recognize your brand and recognize the keywords that they will combine together and uh, let my brand name and the main keywords be relative. Mm-hmm. That will be a success. Okay. Yeah. So over time, you'll start to see it build up. Mm-hmm. So of okay. course, yes. Perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. I just have probably I think two more questions for you. This has been pretty awesome. And I'm going to put you again on the spot. We haven't talked about this, but if you had one ninja tactic that you could share that you implemented that you got really good results from, what would that be? Well, okay. Um, speaking of the tactics, um, actually, um, when you launch a new product on Amazon and you you don't know um, how to um, rapidly uh, boosting your rankings. Here it is. Um, when you send your first batch of um, um, FB inventory, uh, best, better you you don't um, send much of them. Uh, maybe like dozens, like two dozen, like fifty, whatever whatever you want to uh, send the inventory to the FBA, and let the let them sell and maybe use whatever reason, whatever method you do to. Um, sell on Amazon, maybe uh, you use the uh, reviewers for exchange reviews, maybe something like that, and let them sell. Once they um, sell out, um, you calculate the timing very well and let them out of stock and um, just set your price, your sales price, just a little bit higher and you calculate the price, let them out of stock like one or two days and let the FBA get into the stock again and you rapidly set the price just a little bit lower than your original sale price and your sales ranking will be rapidly boost 
that is a trick about uh, <laughs> uh, manually operating the uh, out-of-stock stuff. All right, yeah. so, so that's that's interesting. Let me see if I got this correctly. So you're only going to have a certain number. Let's say you have just 40 units. As you start to run out of stock, just before you run out of stock, you should start raising mm -hmm. your price, right? Mm -hmm. Just so, raising uh, just a little bit. So let's say, give me an example, like how much? Let's say you're selling it for $20. Like one, $1, one and a half, something like that. Okay, so you go just from $20 to $21. And does that matter? Is it on the last day, like the last hour before you go out of stock? Uh, last day, yeah. The last day. So yeah. you're, you're down to like three or four units and you'll go from mm -hmm. $20 to $21. Mm -hmm. You run yes. out of stock mm -hmm. and then your other shipment arrives and just before you make it live, you put the inventory live again, you go back and you drop it to, let's say, $19, like a little below the 20 Yes, correct. And what does that do to the algorithm? What, what have you seen? No, actually, there's no algorithm about that because we found... We found on Keeper. You, you heard about the mm -hmm. Keeper extension. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You just um, simply find example, find some example uh, for those uh, for those agents. Um, sometimes those agents uh, be out of stock, and you will pull up. You will need to pull up the uh, 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 sales ranking, mm -hmm. uh, the chart, and the other one is your inventory, and you just simply um, pull up these two charts together, and we'll see. Uh, the gap, uh, the gap of the out of stock period, mm -hmm. and the, the the sales ranking, which is boost, uh, once you uh, when uh, when your when your when your when your inventory get in stock, okay. and lowering a little bit price. And then do you go back up to the original price after a certain time? I don't do the second time. I don't right, do so, it. Second so time. one time. So you run out of stock on purpose for all your products when you're launching. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Do you, do you run out of stock on purpose every time you launch something new? Yes. Really? Okay. You're the first person <laughs> I've ever talked to that does that. That's interesting. Yeah. Right, yeah. So. You, you got to find some examples of the Amazon. Yeah. You got like some some new agents to check to use the keeper to um, to check these charts. Okay. All right. I'm gonna have to test that and see how that works. That's very interesting. Very very yeah. good. Okay. So <laughs> final question for you here: If you could go back in time, you jump into a time machine and you go back to talk to yourself six years ago when you were first starting this, what would be the advice that you give yourself? Well, give me myself. I would um, advise myself to launch new more categories. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, because 2012 is a very nice year. In 2012, it is um, um, a very good year in Amazon. It's just... Um, um, there is no competition about that, and uh, you simply just put on a lot of uh, product lines to Amazon and just sells. And you know, listings, listings quality it depends on the year how long you list it. As 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 longer as you list it, the, the listing will be a high quality and uh, very high ranking, and in a very good position in the Amazon page rank. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, John, for coming on the show. If people want to reach you, what's the best way of doing that? Yeah, just, just uh, send me an uh, email to iok at live.com. That's easy email. Okay. And uh, yeah, there's, uh, you, can, you, can, you can find me on email or you can uh, uh, just pin me on the uh, Facebook uh, for John Zhu. Yes. Okay. All right. And you're, you're in our FBA High Rollers group as well? Yes, of course. Okay, cool. And if you guys are in the Illuminati Mastermind, he's in there. He's active, so you can post in there as yeah. well. So, John, again, thanks for coming on the show. I know it's late over there. You're, you're coming from China. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk real soon. 
You've been listening to the AM PM podcast hosted by Manny Coates. For more information, insider tools, and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit ampmpodcast.com.